Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Okay, we are, believe it or not, still in our Just 10 series, all right? We've been working backwards. If you know your list of 10 commandments, we've been working backwards. And um, we are on number three, all right? So we're getting there. The finish line is in sight. So we're looking at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 tonight. And it says this, the New King James Version says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. But what does in vain actually mean? The Hebrew expression for in vain means lightly, frivolously, loosely, or casually. To take God's name in vain is to use his name in a light, casual, frivolous way. The NLT says it like this, You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Message says, no using the name of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. God won't put up with irreverent use of his name. So what is misusing God's name? How do we take God's name in vain? And why is God's name so important? Why would he put this commandment in? So let's start with the obvious. Your name is important. Whenever I hear the name Andy Paris, there is only one Andy Paris that I know. Now if you Google it, I bet, Andy, there might be another Andy Paris out somewhere in the world. But I'm not going to be thinking of them, because when I hear the name, I think of you. Lucas Dewhurst, he loves Googling his name to see what great things come up. It is true. I've often opened up his computer, and there it is on Google, Lucas Dewhurst. There is actually only one Lucas Dewhurst, he does, with his spellings. So if ever you have a baby boy, you want to change that, please call him Lucas Dewhurst. As parents, you know, when we pick our children's names, there's a great deal of thought that goes into it because we recognize our children are going to be carrying these names for a long time to come. And so we put special thought into it. My grandma, many years ago, when she was giving birth to my mum, so my mum was the youngest of six, she suddenly had this infatuation with Jackie Kennedy. So, of course, my mum was going to be called Jacqueline because that was a really trendy name. And so she told my granddad, Sam, Sam, when you go and register the birth, you are to call our sixth child Jacqueline. Now, my granddad, being an old coal miner, he was quite a sensible, down-to-earth man. He did not want a child called Jacqueline. So he got to the registrar office 
And when they were asked, what are you going to call this child? He said, Anne. Just plain, simple, Anne. And they said, second name? Now, he could have redeemed himself. But he didn't. He said, no. No second name, just Anne. That's Anne is going to be her name. Let's just say when my grandma came out of hospital and saw the birth certificate on the kitchen table, let's just say she didn't speak to my granddad for at least a month. Or so the story goes, anyway. And when Lucas and I, when we named our kids, we wanted to give them Bible characters who we thought, do you know, we want our children to live up to that kind of a name and to kind of have some of those characteristics. So for Abigail... We said, when we looked at Abigail, she was an Old Testament woman who had great wisdom and she knew how to bring peace to her household in times of trouble. Lois. Lois was a grandmother that Paul commended for her genuine faith in Christ. No, not this Lois. Just for the recording here. Not this. We have a Lois here in the room. Okay. And Lois was a grandma who inputted into her grandson... Timothy. Phoebe. In Romans 16, Phoebe is a strong deacon in the church, and she's commended of worth, she's commended as being worthy of honor amongst the people, amongst the early church. Elizabeth was a woman born into the priesthood, and she was called righteous in God's eyes. Levi. Deuteronomy tells us that God set apart the tribe of Levi. They were to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and they were to serve in the presence of God. And so if we choose and we pick names that mean something, then God's name is going to have even higher significance and higher importance than any of our names. And today, we're going to remind ourselves that in order to take God seriously, we have to take his name seriously also. So the first reason we need to take God's name seriously is because it reveals his character. What thought pops up into your mind when you hear the word God? For most of us here in this room, we think of Bible stories, don't we? How God created the heavens and the earth. How he parted the Red Sea. How he caused the walls of Jericho to come falling down. How he enabled a tiny pebble in David's sling to defeat a giant. How he shut the mouths of the lions to keep Daniel safe. And as we read the Bible, we get to know God through the things he's done. We hear the stories, and then as we live our life, we refer back to who we've heard and what we've seen about God in the Bible. And then we can begin to understand that God's name shows us his character and who he is. Jesus also modeled to us how to treat God's name. When he was teaching his disciples um, how to pray, what did he say? Say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. To hallow something is to make it holy, to separate it from everything else. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples on how to pray, he was saying, listen, we can be intimate with God because he's our Father. But his name is also holy. 
And we are to come in reverence and we are to honour his name. So there's that balance in our relationship with God. We can have him as our father. We can know him intimately as we love a father, as a father loves his child. But he is also God, the creator of everything, sovereign over all. And we're to hallow his name. We are to make his name holy, separate him out from everything else. Listen to some of these names of God. You see, because God's name represents to us who he is. He's known as our rock, our shelter, our helper, our saviour, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the Lord saves, and Abba, our father. And the Bible tells us that God's name, that the name of Jesus is above every other name. And this commandment says, take God's name seriously. You see, when we try and fit Jesus into our timetables and our plans, when following God is a case of, well, if I've got nothing else better to do, we are beginning to become flippant in our relationship with him, and we are not honoring God. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that God takes people very seriously. Jesus never brushed people off. He never called them a loser. He loved unconditionally. He touched those that no one else would go near. He even died on a cross for us. And if God takes us seriously, then we are called as his followers to take him seriously also. Because when we take him seriously, the world around us gets to see the character of God through us. The second reason that we take God, God's name seriously is it reveals his reputation. If we look back at that scripture, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Many of us, we can list the Ten Commandments, but how many of us actually remember that this commandment has a consequence for breaking it. The commandment challenges us to not treat God like a religious activity, that he's not something that we can pick up and play when we feel like it, and then put him up on a box or a shelf for the next time we might need him. It's like a, a warning signal, this commandment. You know, when you go near train tracks, there's a warning, do not come onto these tracks. Why? Because there could be death. And playing around with the name of Jesus, this commandment says, there are consequences. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. And it's the story of a man called Uzzah. The backstory is that the Ark of the Covenant had been captured by Israel's enemies. And King Saul, he'd been in charge at the time, and the Ark had gone from Israel. David, becoming king, decides he is going to 
go and get the ark back and bring it all the way to Jerusalem. So 2 Samuel 6, it reads, Then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. He led them to Bala of Judah to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzzah and Ahio, Abinadab's sons, were guiding the cart that carried the ark of God. Ahio walked in front of the ark. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the Ark of the Covenant. That's horrific. And if we were to just read that passage without any understanding of what went on in the Bible before it, it seems that God is incredibly unkind to a man who was just reaching out his hand to stop the Ark of the Covenant from falling off the cart. So what went wrong? If you look at a picture of the Ark of the Covenant behind on the screen, 400 years earlier to this event, God commanded Moses to make the Ark of the Covenant. And there were specific regulations on how it was to be treated. It was to be only carried by men who are Levites, priests. They were only to carry it using the poles. The Ten Commandments were kept inside and other important things. And no one, no one was allowed to touch it, for God's presence rested over it. The first mistake that day was that King David put the ark onto a cart. In all his, I suppose, excitement, he was trying to speed up the process. He was going along with this celebration of this huge win of getting the Ark of the Covenant back. And in failing to do so, David disregarded the words of God concerning the Ark. He treated the things that God had said very lightly. And so when Uzzah touched the ark um, to stop it from falling, Uzzah acted in an irreverent way before God. Both men failed to take God seriously. And David's failure as a leader led to repercussions in the life of another. It's a lesson to us all, above everything, above our church programs, above our growing numbers in our church, above trying to please people in our lives, the name of God has to be taken seriously. When we become flippant 
or we treat God and our relationship with him in a casual way, like it doesn't matter how I live because I know God forgives me, or we refer to him as the man in the sky, when we joke about the things of God, we are not taking his reputation seriously. Uzzah paid a high price for taking God's name in vain. The third reason that we take God's name seriously is it reveals his power and his authority. The Bible tells us that there is power in God's name. It is he who created the heavens and the earth. God has power over everything. As I was prepping this, a kind of a thought struck my mind. Who is God giving this commandment to? He's not giving it to the nations of Israel's enemies to say, don't speak badly of me, don't take me flippantly, don't you know who I am? God is giving this commandment to his very own people. Those who believe in him. Those who are following him. And when we as followers of Jesus, when we pray in his name, when we take on his name as our identity, but we deliberately and continually disobey his commands, we are taking God's name in vain. We're denying his existence in our lives. Philippians chapter 2 says this, Jesus Christ has been given the name above all other names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And when we take on the name and we call ourselves Christians, we all need to understand and recognize who it is that we represent. Because calling on the name of Jesus is a powerful, powerful thing. It brings salvation. His name brings healing. His name is authority and power. And when you and I act or speak in a way that does not reflect Jesus, we take God's name in vain. When we use God's name to set our own agenda, to make people do what we want them to do, we say, oh, God's told me. Has he? Did God really say? Or are you using his name to get what you want across? It's taking God's name in vain. Listen to these verses in Luke 6. Jesus asks this question. Why do you keep calling me Lord, but you don't do as I say? In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus warns the people following him. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You see, taking God seriously 
is doing what he says and it's also honoring him with our lips. Let's go back to David. Before he became king, he was a shepherd in his father's fields and one day, as the youngest of eight sons, he was told to go out to the battlefront where his brothers were, take them some supplies. And when he arrived, he saw a whole army paralyzed with fear, too afraid to fight because of a man who stood over nine feet tall, a man called Goliath. But that didn't scare David. Even though he wasn't trained for battle, David possessed great courage. So where did the courage to fight Goliath come from? He was simply a young man who took the name of God seriously. In Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, when he finally appears before Goliath on the battlefield, it records David as saying these words. He faces Goliath and he says, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And imagine it, Goliath must have laughed. For 39 days, the Israelite army had been too afraid to fight because of him. And now he was this young man who had entered the arena, who stood there in the valley before him. But before Goliath knew what had happened, David, do you remember, he'd taken a small pebble, he'd put it in a sling, he'd swung it around, he'd let it go, and it had hit him, hit Goliath in the middle of his forehead. David was no different to the Israelite army. They all believed in God. Yet David, he took God's name, his character, and his reputation, God's reputation, seriously. And he was willing to speak out and bear his name, God's name in the situation, because he took who God was and is seriously. And God's reputation in the world it's on us. When we believe in the power and authority of God in our lives, when we speak up for him before those who don't believe, when you and I live in ways that honor God and represent him, his name before our friends, our family, and our neighbors, we are taking God seriously. There's a passage in Micah, um, chapter 6 and it just says talks about things and it says but he's already made it plain how to live what to do what God is looking for in men and women it's quite simple do what is fair and just to your neighbor be compassionate and loyal in your love and don't take yourself too seriously but take God seriously take God seriously the third commandment, do not take the Lord's name in vain, do not misuse God's name, is about the things, not only what we say, but the things that we do. See, God's name, 
It's more precious than a swear word. It's more precious than a curse word. It should cut us up when we hear it. When people just for no reason shout the name Jesus Christ. Well, they just say, God. This is the God who gave his son for us. Jesus, who died on a cross for you and me. The one who longs for relationship with us. The one who holds everything in his hands and yet knows each of us individually and loves us and cares for us. And when we take God seriously, we will begin to take people seriously. And this commandment challenges us to think every time we act, every time we speak, and it challenges to be careful the things that we say and do. You see, our words and our lifestyle reflect how seriously we take the name of Jesus. We can either bring honour to God or we can dishonour him. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. It's a serious commandment and it has consequences. God loves us all so much. He wants us to speak his name out of relationship with him. Because his name has power. His name is healing. His name is hope, salvation. He's the one we can trust. He's our rock. In times of trouble, we can call on his name. He will hear us. He will answer us. God's name is powerful. It's something we sang it to behold, to love upon. His name is precious. Let's not waste his name. Let's not waste his name. Let's just pray, shall we? First of all tonight, Lord, if we have taken your name in vain, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. We ask, Lord, for your forgiveness tonight. Holy Spirit, right now, just come and reveal things to us. Things that offend you in our lives. Lord, help us to come to know you more, to understand who you are, so that when we use your name like Alpha and Omega and Jehovah-Rohi and Emmanuel, that these names, Lord, your name, wouldn't just be something we read about in scriptures, but Lord, your name, when we say it on our lips, will mean so much more. Help us to understand who you are, God. The great God, the creator of everything, who loves us all so much. You're our Father, yet your name is holy. 
Lord, we don't want to be irreverent towards you. Lord, we want to honour you. We want to be men and women who take the things you say, take your reputation, take your character, to take your name seriously. Lord, forgive us when we've been flippant in our relationship with you. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to grow more in the likeness of you, Jesus. Loving you more and more each day, I pray. For your glory, Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.